listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast for mm, pretty much the end of summer, late September. My name is Tom Chick. My game of the week is not Resident Evil 6. Oh. And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not the new World of Warcraft expansion, Mr. Fendari. Oh, well, thanks for scooping my news of the week, McMaster. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Uh, before we get to news of the week and and uh, and our games of the week, of course, uh, let's do a little bookkeeping. First of all, uh, we have, I, as the proprietor of Quarter to Three, I can't ask you to support us by supporting our advertisers. That's not allowed according to the terms of Google Ads. However, what is allowed, I can point out that we have an Amazon.com little box on the front page. If you go there and you search for, you know, whatever movies or games you're getting or anime you're ordering or whatever you're into, maybe you get your, your coffee filters from Amazon.com. If you get them through that little box, you support quarter to three. So please do that. But I should warn you, we see everything you buy. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Uh, whichever one of you is out there buying the Superman comics, thank you very much. We appreciate you doing that through quarter to three. Someone bought a big old black shower curtain. Thank you for getting that through quarter to three. Uh, also on bookkeeping, McMaster, you sent me an email alluding to something that I did not receive, but that I am keen to see. You... In, you implied, actually, no, you, you came straight out and said that your cat Murray had made a painting. Yes, using painting for cats. but And I sent it to you, but I, I guess, sometimes it gets stuck in a spam filter or something like that. Oh, uh, can, can Murray not figure out how to send email without getting... Does he does he title his emails stuff about like Viagra and working from home? Yeah, he learned how uh, how to write emails from looking through spam folders. So yeah, he just talks about Cialis a lot in the subject matter, but everything else, you know, he's pretty normal. Well, I'm really keen to see what kind of painting you're. Uh, I, I I know his work as a game reviewer, uh, and I admire him. But I'm I'm keen to see what kind of painting your cat Murray has done. So uh, you know what, I'll go through my spam filter and see if I can find that. Uh, yeah, or I could reset. I'll send it again. All right. Uh, let's see. So let's now go to some news. Any any bookkeeping on your end, McMaster? You know, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. We're good. Well, I, you know, I am a bit concerned since you haven't been in Guild Wars two as much lately that uh, you're cheating on us with another type of bear that isn't the Codon. Oh, right, right. I, yeah, so I had to think about codons. Those are, yeah, so uh, World of Warcraft has panda bears, and Guild Wars 2, one of the many ways it's better than World of Warcraft, if I can throw out that incendiary comment, has full-blown uh, polar bears. That depends uh, on whether or not you're a fan of the polar bear, because, I mean, there are cases that can be made for both. For but I don't, McMaster, what's a case to be made for a panda bear over a polar bear? I don't, I don't believe this. Play well, devil's advocate. Go ahead. Advocate for panda bears for me. Go. Pandas don't eat seals. Mm, I don't think. I think you're confusing polar bears with orcas. Uh, pandas don't eat penguins. No, <laughs> a polar bear would never do that. McMaster, polar bears subsist on nuts and berries. Everybody. Oh knows yeah, pol- that. yeah. Polar bears. They're very kind. They're uh, they're not a they're not a carnivore at all. <laughs> uh, panda bears, I'm sure, do plenty of damage to the environment. They make people very, very sad when they die. Uh, that's, that's true. 
And plus, they've thrown in their lot. I don't. I, I'm a little reluctant to put this out here because the Cold War is over. But panda bears have thrown in their lot with a communist regime. Uh, and as a, as an erstwhile foreign policy conservative, I'm not one of those anymore, but I used to be. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Yeah, well, I mean, there is. You know, you don't want to support any bear, red or not, but but red definitely makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. Pan, panda bears, for all intents and purposes, are red bears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's that's actually my news of the week. I, I, there are many cool things happening this week. It's actually a pretty exciting time all around. We'll, we'll get into some more specifics in, in a moment. But my news of the week was that Mists of Pandaria, Pandera, Pandaria, whatever it is, the new expansion. Uh, what is it, McMaster? Yar. No, that's. I think it's Pandara. Oh. Mists of. I don't know. I, I think it's Pandaria. It could be. Like I think Australia versus Canada. It's like there's an I. I don't know. We, neither of us is really hip to what's going on with mists of whatever. But it's a new expansion for World of Warcraft. That's kind of big news for folks who aren't playing Guild Wars Two. Uh, and it does add creepy panda bears, which yeah. I think began. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, McMaster. Wasn't that originally just like an elaborate April Fool's Day joke? Blizzard's great for doing their little April first updates. And yeah. Isn't that where this panda bear thing was born? Yeah, if I remember correctly, and I, I could be wrong, but uh, they, I think they did something around the same time that EverQuest announced that you could order pizza via Pizza Hut or something. They did like a pandas will deliver you Chinese food or something like that, kind of April Fool's joke. Uh, right. And those guys became the big thing there. And then you could get like little, uh, like, I don't know, pets and stuff like that in World of Warcraft that looks like them. So, uh, yeah, and then it uh, yeah spiraled out of control. Now, McMaster, was the EverQuest pizza ordering thing in earnest, or that was a joke as well? You could actually order... Uh, that was real. I'm pretty sure that was real. Now, I know of at least two other MMOs, and see if you can figure out what I'm thinking of here, in which you can order a pizza from within the MMO. Hmm... From within the well, okay. I can think of one. Okay, what what do you got? Uh, the Secret World because it has a web browser. McMaster, you you're uh, you've 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 got me. You you totally got me. There's a web browser in Eve Online as well. So theoretically, that's nothing special. You you just open up your in-game browser in Secret World or Eve Online, and you have a pizza on the way without having to leave your MMO. Or or yeah, here's something for you. I uh, I run my Guild Wars 2 client through Steam. And it puts the Steam overlay on it, so I can actually shift tab to bring up the overlay. So any MMO, you can order a pizza in if you like. You can't order a pizza on Steam. What are you talking about? Sure, you can bring up a web browser in the Steam overlay. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah, if you go shift tab down at the bottom of the screen, one of the options is web browser. That's how I like keep track of my email and stuff if I'm uh, messing around with the game. Some of us just have an iPad next to us 24-7. Oh, that's not enough for me anymore. <laughs> uh, very good. All right. Uh, so, well, my, my, the bigger news for me, though, McMaster, about World of Warcraft Mists of Pandaria is not the panda bears, which I couldn't care less about. And frankly, as I mentioned, are, they're creepy. I don't like I don't like those kind of panda bears. I want the big, badass, cool, are they Kodar, Kolar, whatever the polar Co- bears Codon, are. Kodan, I think. Kodan, okay. Uh, yeah. I, those guys are awesome. They don't look. Yeah. They're not trying to look cute and cartoony. Then they're just 
big badass polar bears wearing armor. Uh, yeah. the, the panda bears in World of Warcraft look a little creepy. Um, but what's what I'm what I would be excited about in Mists of Pandaria if I were playing it is this new pet battle thing, which is like oh. Pokemon, where you run around, you capture pets, and then you challenge, I guess, other monsters and other players to a, a round of, of Pokemon, basically, with your captured pets against his captured pets. That's pretty cool. And it's a whole other track of advancement. And, you know, you I presume, I don't know if you can evolve the pets, uh, but I, I can imagine Blizzard wouldn't put it in there without... Uh, making some some cool, sophisticated stuff you could do. It doesn't seem like a throwaway thing. It seems like a whole game within a game with its own track of advancement, its own collectibles. Um, so I'm not interested enough in that to play World of Warcraft, but I am interested enough in it to want to talk about other games that have games within them. <laughs> yeah, so, I hear you. Bookmaster, does anything come to mind f- for you? Let, let me throw out uh, one that I've – a sort of a lesser example of it. Uh, Borderlands 2, which both you and I have been playing a, a fair mm-hmm. amount, it's kind of missing a money sink. It, unless I – it's something I haven't found yet, and I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through the content. Uh, unless it's something I haven't found yet, I don't really see a viable way to spend money. But one of the things you can do with money in Borderlands 2 – is go to Mad Moxie's slot machines. Mm-hmm. And you just put in money and you pull the lever and you can win Iridium or a gun or, I guess, more money. So it's a very limited version of a game within a game. Plenty of games have slot machines in them. Uh, Dead Rising 2, by the way, I've been playing with that recently. It's got plenty of slot machines. It's got a big old huge slot machine where you have to walk around from button to button and press it. <laughs> it like, covers a whole wall. Uh, so that's a kind of a lesser example of a game within a game, just a random num- number generator, basically, that spits out a prize. Um, McMaster, have you spent any money on uh, – her name's Mad Moxie, right? Am I screwing up her name? It's, it's just Moxie. She's not mad? Uh, well, she uh, she might be, but uh, <laughs> I think the mad one is Tannis more than anything. But, but Tannis is mad, yes. T- a tiny Tannis yeah. is also a little light. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so so have you spent any money on Moxie's slot machine? And if so, what did you get? Yes. Um, well, the great thing about it, as uh, we were doing last night, is if you have multiple people playing, mm-hmm. uh, several people can hit the slot machines, and if you like roll well enough in it, you get iridium. And so ah, for the whole party, for the whole party, right? So you can just like while somebody's in sanctuary doing something or like getting new quests, the rest of everybody else can go like hit those slot machines, and you'll get like iridium and stuff. While you know, so if you get lucky, right? Right. I like right. Uh, McMaster. I had here's an example in Borderlands Two of how little money matters. Uh, I noticed there was a, an achievement if you tip Moxie. Ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! And you know what? I did it. I had I hit ten thousand dollars, and I only knew that I hit ten thousand dollars because it's one of those badass uh, challenges. You know, uh, oh. getting, storing up a certain amount of money. I saw that I hit that, and I remember thinking, "Oh wait, isn't there an achievement for tipping her ten thousand bucks?" And ra- and I didn't have anything to buy, so I just went there, and I you just hit the her tip jar. You can either I think press X for ten dollars or Y for a thousand dollars, and I just hit Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y Y until I was out of money, thinking I might get something cool. I didn't care that I didn't. I just got the achievement. So that's how little money matters in Borderlands Two. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I haven't uh, done that yet, but I will. Uh, well, maybe yeah, if I, you hadn't spent all your money in the slots, McMaster. Oh no, no, I've got plenty. Uh, however, uh, I also I did high five claptrap though. So. Oh, I got that too. I got that one too. Yeah, nice. All right, good. You did get that. That's yeah, so, pretty sweet. Basically, at the times when he holds up his little uh, his little claw thing, uh, you have to, as near as I can tell, melee attack his raised claw. Yes. Is that is that how you did? That's how I finally figured it out. Uh, yeah, you have to hit a button that says, you know, give me five on him, and he starts running around the town. Oh, you know, for me, he did it because I couldn't catch him. I kept trying to do that, and I couldn't catch up with the little guy. For me, it was after I had turned in a quest, and he was oh. very excited about it. Uh, did did you go to Claptrap's birthday party, McMaster? Yes, that is a great quest. <laughs> that is a great quest, and after the party, he will ask for you to give him a, a high five, I think. Because uh, nice. I, I chased him around town with his little claw upraised and couldn't catch up with him. And I was like, dude, come on, I want the achievement. Slow down, I can't figure this out. Whatever, I thought, and I was just ready to kiss goodbye those 15 gamer score points. But after his party, the little guy high-fived me. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a <laughs> yeah, Claptrap is pretty awesome. Actually, a lot of the writing in that game is pretty awesome. All right, so can you think of other examples of games within games? Better examples than slot machines? Uh, sure. Uh, the Persona series has a ton of... Uh, has, like, all the card collecting and the card upgrading... Uh, now, isn't parts that, of the game. Isn't it the game itself, though, or? Well, there's like a lot of weird stuff you can do. You, you have to do, you know, like these side things, like where you end up putting, building all these relationships to unlock specific monsters for you and stuff like that. I mean, you don't really have to do it uh, for everything, but uh, well, I guess yeah. Uh, that reminds okay. me. That, that reminds me then, McMaster, of in Vanguard, a much maligned MMO that's still going, that's now free to play. Uh, there was a diplomacy sub game. It was a it was a track of advancement along with like crafting and combat, and uh, it, w- it was optional. And when I played, it was a pretty underdeveloped system, so it was extremely optional. But the way you did it is you went around the world collecting cards that represented you uh, diplomatic options and you would involve yourself in negotiations with an npc to get him or her to like you and you would play a little card battle collect using your diplomatic options and and one of them was like i remember uh you got a a racial supremacy card based on what race you were playing so if you wanted to be like a, a racist elf you got the hey elves are better than all the other races card uh, and there were different colors like instead of colors of mana. Different colors represented like like rebukes or agreements or assents. Uh, it was sort of a card based uh, debating game. There was something similar in one of the uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms games as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a few really good ones. Uh, I just thought of Dark Cloud Two has the golf mini game inside of it. Ah, do you yeah. remember what that was called? I do not actually. Now, I think there's a name of a race. This is this is how my brain works, is I have these worthless little bits of trivia tucked away in my brain that come up at weird times. Uh, the, the race in Star Control 2 is called Spathy, and I think the the golf game in Dark Cloud 2 is also called Spathy. What was it? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know. It sounds good to me. But yeah, that's another good example. The, the golf... That's right. How many Japanese RPGs have golf... As an optional activity. Or um, look at Fallout New Vegas, the caravan. Yep, caravan, and also Obsidian did the same thing in Knights of the Old Republic with Pazak, Pazak, 
Pug's Wrath. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Um, hard collection yeah. thing. Uh, there's a Ratchet and Clank. The last Ratchet and Clank, I think, was Future Perfect, Crack in Time. Anyway, the, the last best one had an an awful game within it called My Blaster Runs Hot. Which and, and the only reason I know about it is you can go somewhere and you can play it, and it's a terrible 2D game, but there was a trophy for beating, like, all 100 levels of it, which was just wow. an excruciating chore that I never would have entertained doing had I not been locked in a, similar to you and I in some games, McMaster, as sort of a, a trophy ep comparison with a good friend of mine who got his platinum trophy for getting for doing all the activities in that Ratchet & Clank, and that included playing all the levels of that stupid My Blaster Runs Hot game. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you remember in, uh, in Grand Theft Auto 4, McMaster, there was an internet cafe where you could go and you could check your email and you could mm-hmm. browse the web and... Uh, the Grand Theft Auto games always do a good job of tying in these fictional brands to the radio stations, and they they also put them uh, in the manual. And they were on this little internet on this uh, internet within the game. And one of the fictional brands advertised was an MMO. Uh, they were basically riffing on World of Warcraft and how people who play MMOs are losers, and it was obvious fish in a barrel kind of humor. But I could not help but but wish for within Grand Theft Auto Four. An actual MMO. You know, it wouldn't have to be anything fancy, just a kind of a progress quest thing where maybe Nico could, like, log in once a day and just do a quick combat and level up his character. But I remember kind of thinking that it, that it, would, it was pathetic, but I wanted it. Like an, an MMO within an open-world game. That would be uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. So. All right, or, so, um, yeah, go ahead. How yep. about uh, Red Dead had Mumbly Peg and all that stuff in it? Yeah, so the, yeah, exactly. Those kind of like mini game side activities, right? Uh, horseshoes. Yeah, horseshoes. Uh, well, the poker was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and and oh, oh, liars dice. Liars, liars dice. dice like, yeah. 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 Very good. Fable right. to that. Yeah. Oh God, that fable. That's right. You could download before the game came out yeah. these little games and make money, which could then apply to uh, to your game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so McMaster, uh, you roll up a character in World of Warcraft, and let's uh, let's pet oh, battle. God. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that does sound good. All right, so that's my news of the week. Is if you want a, a little Pokemon in your World of Warcraft, Blizzard's happy to oblige you. McMaster, what do you got for news of the week? Uh, my news of the week is that Nintendo has released their launch titles and their launch window and when their uh, like direct release date for their starting lineup. McMaster, can you answer one very important question for me? What's that? When can I play Bayonetta 2? Let me see if Capcom's even included on here. I don't think they are. All right, McMaster, you failed me for the last time. Yeah, wait, no, that's not Capcom, that's Sega. Uh, not, oh, you failed it, me twice for the last it's time. Not, it's not listed. Um, okay, it's three times, three strikes, McMaster. So, yeah, I would <laughs> say it's not a launch window title. Um, however, there are quite a few uh, kind of cool ones coming right. with the system. Um, the, For instance, we have um, the Assassin's Creed 3, November 18th. They'll have uh, that. Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, which I'm kind of curious about. Uh, Zombie U is a November 18th. Right. Uh, title, which will, yeah, that looks good. Darksiders 2, for those who haven't played it on other systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pikmin 3 is launch window, but I do want to see that. 
Um, yeah, there's just quite a few things coming out at that point, and yeah. McMaster, really what kind of person is going to play uh, Assassin's Creed 3 on his Wii U instead of his 360 or PS3? Not this person. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, it's coming out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and there's yeah, a bunch of Nintendo stuff. A new Super Mario Brothers comes out. Oh, God. It's, yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> over it. Um, and uh, Lego City Undercover is launch window. We Fit You is launch window. Epic uh, Mickey 2 is November 18th. Yeah. All right. They'll they'll move a few systems, I, I predict. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they've, they've already sold out a lot of their pre-orders. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So a little more, speci- more specifics about the Wii U. Uh, also new this week, McMaster, uh, did you see the zombie trailer for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2? I have not watched it. I, I know of it. So it looks like uh, you ride a bus, you do like a zombie tour bus 2012 tour kind of thing, and it looks like you ride a bus around to different locations, and you probably fight zombies from in the bus itself. Uh, Not a military theme. You know, it looks like civilians fighting the zombies. Obviously, they're wanting to riff on a little Walking Dead action. Um, And, yeah, otherwise, I, I don't know. So yeah. that's that's uh, yeah, I, you know I, I it's in an odd way, McMaster. I'm I care more about the actual Call of Duty Black Ops core stuff than I do the zombie stuff. Their their zombie stuff has kind of lost my interest. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool the first time, but uh, it's I don't I, there's just not enough there to keep me going. And they, it feels like that. they really milk it. Like all you know, I I once they went to the moon, I was like, what what are you doing? There's no there's no zombies on the moon. Who ever heard of such a thing? Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, there's Nazis on the moon now, according to Iron Sky or whatever it was called. Right, that, that Finnish movie? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, Nazis, so you know what? If they're Nazis on the moon, why not Nazi zombies? That makes sense. All right. Yeah, you know, why not? Um, uh, also, hey, did you see the trailer for the that Dead uh, Island? Um, I did. So, Dead Island Riptide. Is that this year, McMaster? I think it is. Is it this year? I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, they haven't actually said anything about it much. It looks like uh, they're reworking that town. Was it called Kingston? I forget what the name of that town was. It sounds to me like they're reworking that town to have been ravaged by a storm. So, And then you can just replay through it. I, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, they did a new trailer. Uh, of course, it doesn't have quite the same emotional impact if you don't you know, kill and zombify a little kid. And it didn't do the whole backwards thing. But... It's just like two people in a zombie siege, and it has an explosive ending. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of decent, right? Yeah, the, th- yeah. the thing is, though, those trailers, nothing to do with the actual game. Like well, that, that, that level of emotion is in the game, that sort of level of character. You know, instead in the game, you get, what's the guy with the hammer that you play? Sam? Sam uh, B? What's his name? Yeah, yeah, who do you voodoo, bitch? That's right. Sam B. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, uh, so that, those trailers are just kind of trying to sell you on zombie stuff and... The game will be something different. Uh, so, McMaster, speaking of selling you on stuff, have you looked at the demo for either XCOM Enemy Unknown or Resident Evil 6? All right, I've downloaded the demo for XCOM, and I, I want to play it, but then there's other games. Uh, however, Resident Evil 6, I saw the first one. I have not tried the new one. What did you think of the first demo? It was all right. It's Resident Evil. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, as a well, I'll have more to say about this in the coming weeks, but uh, I don't think this is any Resident Evil Five. Yeah, that's gonna hurt some people. Well, we'll see. More, more on that later. So, uh, also a little little tiny bit of news, McMaster. You and I briefly tried uh, a game called War Game European Escalation. Yeah. Uh, they just added free, and these guys have been doing a great job of throwing out content. They just added some free new maps, which have crazy hills on them, which I'm not crazy about, but they're different than the other maps. Uh, and there's also a new game mode that, that you can play. There have been a few new game modes that they've released since it since the game came out, where originally the only way you could win a game of War Game European Escalation, and this was a really cool uh, quasi-realistic Cold War RTS. Previously, the only way you could win was by smashing the other dude's units. So there's a lot of cat and mouse as you're trying to, like, you know, suss out where he is without taking too heavy casualties. Uh, is, is somebody just going to hang back and build up artillery to trash the other guy's units when he finds them? Are you going to build helicopters to try to hunt him down? A lot of cool cat and mouse, but it always involved breaking the other guy's units to get points. Well, since then, there have been new game modes added, and this newest game mode is much more about the tension between building up resources and spending them on new units. Because the victory condition is whoever can accumulate a certain amount of money first. Uh, so it's a new kind of tension. I don't, I don't really know how well it'll serve the game, uh, but it gives you more options for how to play, and it's free. Eugen Systems, the developer, has just been doing a great job putting free content into this really cool RTS, and there's more out this week. So I'm, uh, I'm really surprised to see that Orcs Must Die 2 has had two DLC released. That's right. That's also this week. Their newest uh, pack comes out. Right, right. All right. I didn't even realize they had released the first pack, uh, but uh, I actually really like that game quite a bit, so I'll probably pick that up. you, you got to buy those, McMaster. Their their largesse is not the same as Eugen Systems' largesse. They, uh, they're selling that yep. stuff. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, not quite as kind. Right. Uh, all right. So there's our news. Let's uh, let's transition to some uh, games of the week. Master, what do you have as your game of the week? If it's not World of Warcraft: Mists of Pandaria, or uh, yeah, that's what you said it wasn't. If it's not that, what is it? Uh, my game of the week. I'm going to call an audible on this one and go for Borderlands 2 on the PC. Ah, because last week it was on the 360. Right. <laughs> See how I, I worked around the rules there. So wait a minute. What? Why would you play this game on a PC when it's obviously superior with a gamepad controller? I actually I really like controlling it with a mouse and keyboard. No, that just makes it too easy, doesn't it? Well, not really. Uh, the game is still very difficult. No, because every, every shot is a headshot, right? How can no, you not no. get a critical hit every time you fire your gun? That is a good question, but uh, I often miss. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, you know, they put a lot of like a lot of resistance in the shooting in this game. So you're playing a, a brand new character. You, you can't carry over your progress from the 360. Right. I hope you know. I know. I know. Which is sad, because I have an 18 and a 19 on 360, but now I've got a 16 on the PC, so... And it probably doesn't look as good on the PC, does it? Oh, no. You know how that goes. Games usually works, look so much better on the console version than they do on the computer. Well, because your screen is bigger. And the oh, right. Yeah, so it looks better. There's more of the game. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, oh, it's really nice looking on PC. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, at 1920 by 1080, and all the effects turned up. It's a, it's a pretty sweet-looking game. And controls really well. Uh, the vehicles, of course, probably better with a control pad. But uh, but it, it does control pretty well. Have you hooked in? Have you plugged the control pad into your PC? Uh, yeah, I haven't actually used it for that though. That's a good point. I should okay. probably do that. Uh, and now tell me, normally, uh, people who play these sorts of console games on a PC, they complain about, oh, the interface is still consoleized, and oh, I can't use my mouse to select items, and the the interface, the inventory stuff in Borderlands 2 is pretty finicky. Uh, does it does it adapt well to the PC? You can click on everything in it. Actually, which is really nice. Um, no, it's, I think you should have to use the arrow keys to to sort of tap around. That's not fair. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I go the uh, the Skyrim route. Um, no, the uh, it's it's kind of a wonky interface, though. Aha, really. I knew it. I knew it. Explain. Well, no, I mean just overall. Uh, I mean on the 360, actually. It's oh. Much more, <laughs> it's like a much more frustrating inventory system than uh, I was expecting at first. Uh, yes. It's real easy to flip stuff out that you don't want to. Uh, but it, and it's a little bit easier to deal with on the PC, but it's still kind of wonky. Um I just, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I know a lot of people that play late at night with Borderlands 2 on Steam, so it's it's been pretty active so far. Uh, and which, uh, which will you be sticking with your character on the PC or on the 360? Which way are you going now that you have both options in front of you? Oh, I'll do both because I'm I'm also playing like with the characters on the 360. I'm playing with specific people that may not be playing all the time, so on the PC I can just kind of mess around and do whatever. So it's kind of a a different different crowd. Uh, I'm gonna play both though, of course. So you've got three out of the four characters here. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you liking most? That's kind of a tough question, you know, because like I feel I didn't get as far as I as I would like with Zero to see how powerful he is as a higher level assassin character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say the Siren's really great, but uh, I like the Commando. Commando's pretty great, pretty good. Does he have? To, is he the guy that throws out turrets? So basically, the siren yeah. has little magical powers. Your zero assassin guy can stealth and, and kill people. So the commando's the equivalent of the guy from the last game who throws turrets, right? Right. I mean, his uh, action trees and everything are um, a lot different. And and it goes back to one thing I really like about Borderlands 2 over the original is that the the special actions and abilities, the cooldowns have been reduced so greatly that you get to use them more than every two minutes. Ah, right. I, I do remember that was one of the things in the last game. I kind of felt compelled to go for that that part of the skill tree that lowered the cooldown time. Absolutely. Um, but with like uh, the commando, one thing I really like is if you throw out your turret and then you realize, you know, or you kill everything real fast, or nothing's around, you can walk over to your turret and reclaim it, and it gives you some of the cooldown back. Hey, I wanted that in the last game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's there now. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got a really good weapon set. Uh, I haven't found a lot of assault rifles. I'm fond of uh, mostly mostly a rocket launcher with him that does quite a bit of damage. Called Pokey Doki Derp. That's one of my favorite weapon names so far. Uh, yeah. What did, I I had the uh, the ass beater and beater was spelled B E 
E B E E T E R. I thought that was pretty endearing. That's uh, a, yeah, yeah. I really like the weapon names. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it does. It does reflect accurately a post-apocalyptic, not very literate society. What, the, what yeah. they might call their guns. Yes. Yeah, uh, it really does. I have to say, though, McMaster, I, I we talked a bit about this before. Uh, uh, or maybe I was talking with Brandon. I, so I did the No High Scores podcast, and we talked a fair bit of Borderlands. I forget if we talked about this, McMaster, but one of the things that I was had some reservations about but ultimately love is how you find a gun that is so awesome that you stick with it far longer than you normally would in a game with this much gear churn. And, and one of the examples of that is uh, the tiny Tina gun, the, the uh-huh. gun you get for doing her little quest, which... Yeah. Oh my God, that's so good. I'm like like seven or eight levels beyond it, and it's still my favorite pistol, and sometimes even my favorite go-to weapon. Uh, and I love that about the game. There's so much personality in in that gun, and it's so effective uh, that I don't mind that I haven't found anything better because I, I like how how much I like that gun. Before um, well, yeah, sure. I mean, the only weird thing about that gun is that I uh, right before then I had found a purple pistol. That was really good. So I was like, man, that's a bummer. Now, McMaster, <laughs> did you find that, or did maybe a friend of yours give it to you? No, no. This is on the PC. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I did. Let it be known. I, I did give you a purple pistol. I know. But... I know. I, I said you could have it back. <laughs> I Actually, I didn't have room for it in my inventory anymore. So it, it's not. I wasn't just giving it to you out of altruistic reasons. It's just I needed the space in my backpack. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've I've really been uh, digging the siren, although uh, yeah, I, she's, I, she's really good. But man, I, I kind of just wish there's so many things on the skill tree that I know I'll never get to play with. Uh, and I know you can drop like I guess it's a thousand bucks or whatever. It's not like I need money for anything else. I know you can basically respec. Uh, and the thing is, I have all these class mods that I want to try out that help specific skills, but they don't enhance those skills unless you've put at least a point in them. Right. Yeah, so it's it sort of like problem. every class mod I find makes me want to try a different build. Uh, and on one hand, I like, like in Torchlight, you can't really jump around different builds that well. You have to commit, and I like that in Torchlight. Uh, here, I just because I'm constantly finding these class mods that are reminding me of different ways I could play. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's just uh, I, I just want I want more skill points. I want to advance faster. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we have to we have to get to the new game plus mode. Uh, and that also, I find myself out leveling the content so quickly. Like I I, I get a list of. Just uh, these aren't the accurate numbers, but just for argument's sake, let's say you get a list of ten quests when you hit like a new threshold. Of those ten quests, if you do like th- three or four of them, you're going to outlevel the other six, and suddenly yeah. the other six—they're all listed as gray. It's called trivial and the difficulty level. You don't get much experience points for them, so I kind of feel like those are almost in there for me to do during new game plus. Like oh I'll get those the next time around and I've been putting them in my little ignore category on my uh, on my quest log, um, but it's an odd decision like to make so much content 
and then make it where you're going to out-level all of it. It seems like an odd design decision. Yeah, there was a, you know what, there was parts of Borderlands that were like that, too, and I was actually kind of happy about some of them because it meant I didn't have to go do crap that I really didn't like doing. Yep. Um, but, but here's the thing, though, in Borderlands 2, McMaster, I, all of these quests are very, you mentioned the writing before. The writing is really good, and some of the quests are really clever. So, yeah. you know, I wonder what cool, funny things am I missing by saving some of these quests for the next go-round, and, and should I just suck it up and play quests that don't give me experience, in which case I'm right back to that whole thing about wanting to level faster, and I'm going through content and not leveling. And uh, right. I guess ultimately I'm just happy there's so much content in there. Uh, oh, yeah, no, there's a lot more content than there was in the uh, in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the non-updated first one. Um, but, yeah, it's a... It's a really big world. Um, I can say I'm probably at around the two-thirds of the way through point on three characters. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I've seen it all now. Um, but yeah, well, I guess that's, that's a great way to get to do all the different uh, missions that you might otherwise skip. Right. Like when I was playing uh, with you initially as the assassin, I didn't do a bunch of the side missions that you'd already done. And when I went through with the soldier later, I did. And I looked through those. And I, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm kind of picking and choosing this time around uh, with the siren I'm playing on the PC just because, yeah, I, I don't want to completely outlevel everything. Uh, and then, you know. So you have to go through the reward list and kind of pick out what you want to do. But. Yeah, it's uh, and with three and four people, you get a lot more iridium drops. So there is that. Well, you were right at the point where uh, I think the next you're at the the sort of the threshold for this cool series. I guess it's one long mission. Uh, the the little Mordecai mission. You know, the guy from the first game, <laughs> yeah. the bird. There's some really cool stuff with him that that you're about to jump into. Yeah, I did. Um, I I have done the siren one, the Firehawk mission. Uh, that's pretty great, actually. That's a really Really uh, good mission series. I like that. And that's one of those, too, where I had out-leveled it. And so it was trivial for me, but I decided I'd go back and do it, and I was glad I did. But I, I did I, that, I, too. Yeah, I didn't get much XP for it. Uh, yeah, so. no, it was... It was. <laughs> I like the escort mission at the end, where wow. you take the dude yep. up to the ship. That's great. Ma- Matchstick? Was that his name? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, I think it was like... I think it was Matchstick, yeah. <laughs> not not to be confused with Flesh Stick. No, Flesh Stick, yeah, he's a specific, uh, completely different guy. And it's two yes. different sticks. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, Borderlands 2, uh, two weeks in a row, but different platforms, so you didn't break any rules. Well played, right. McMaster. Right. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'll try to come back with something new next week. I'll, tr- I'll play it on, the, like, the PS3 for a while and see if that doesn't work out. So does this mean that I can pick Guild Wars 2 if I'm playing it on my Mac? Yeah, I guess you could. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a Mac, so that's not going to work out. Uh, But uh, let's see. So I'm going to pick for my game of the week. uh, This is actually an old game. I played it way back when. It's at least, i got to say, a couple of years old. Uh, But it's now on a new platform. Uh, This is an iPad game. Uh, It's it's called Euphoria. Rhymes with euphoria, but Floria... So it's got a little sort of a plant theme going with trees. So it's like Euphoria, but with trees, Euphoria. Uh, it's I don't think it's on the iPhone. It's on the iO. It's on the iPad because it's Euphoria HD. Uh, and what this is is a bona fide RTS. Um, it may not look like it at first, but this is in fact an RTS in which you shuffle population 
around these asteroids. And they're not really, they're called asteroids, but they're basically perfect circles. And the units that you shuffle around, the population, they're like a cross between uh, birds and leaves. Because when you populate an asteroid, you plant a tree, and then the tree's leaves become new population. And they fly around. Uh, the, the birds have stats based on what asteroid has grown them. And the stats are used to render the bird. So you know if it has bigger wings, it's faster. If it has a longer beak, it's got more attack strength. Uh, it's very simple stuff, but very elegantly expressed visually. Uh, and... What you do is you you conquer all of these asteroids. When you take an asteroid, you can you can develop it for more population or for better defense. You can terraform it to improve the stats uh, for the the birds that grow from it. Uh, you can grow these mobile laser flowers that will help attack and defense. Uh, but but very simple, very visual, elegant stuff. Great soundtrack. It's got this cool very indie game, laid back, relaxed vibe. If you play it on the default speed. Uh, it's, it's, it's very relaxing. You can crank it up and just sort of quickly go through and move the dudes around and solve it quickly uh, if you want to do it that way. You can even set it when you start up. It asks, hey, do you want to play this like a real RTS or like a relaxing casual game? And you can pick one of those two settings, which you can change between. Uh, and one of the things as a hardcore RTS player that I really like about it uh, is the way the map works. First of all, they're randomly generated. So unless it's a specific scenario, you're not going to see the same map twice. And the way you move around amongst these asteroids, the distance you can travel from an asteroid is based on the size of it. So if you have a really big asteroid, it can launch an attack at a, at a greater distance. And it, you can even launch an attack at a smaller asteroid that can't attack you back. So by looking at the map and just looking at the size of these circles... Uh, you sort of create in your head, you can suss out, well, I can go here, and then I can go here, but he can't hit me from there, and I have to defend from here. It's a great visual representation of what would normally be a pretty complex set of pathways. Um, so I really like that, and it's kind of a weird analog to island-hopping warfare, uh, like where the size of a base you build on an island determines how far your what kind of you know what size of bomber can take off from that island and therefore how far out it can strike. Anybody who's played like a serious World War II Pacific theater game will instantly grok what is going on with Eufloria. Uh, so I like that a lot. But mostly, I just love how it's laid back and it's trippy, and the asteroids grow these fractally generated trees. And then the leaves drop off and become these birds. Um, and I played this a couple of years ago on the PC. But one of the things I really like for this iPad version is how well they've adapted the interface. Uh, this is perfect for the iPad. Just sort of swiping from asteroid, you know, what asteroid you want to go to, to the one you want to, where you want to go from, to the one you want to go to. It's just easy finger swipes. They have this really cool dial option if you just want to send some of your birds to another asteroid. Uh, you can basically quickly select and finesse things with a minimum of fuss. They've done a grand job adapting it to the iPad. Uh, Content-wise, it's got a campaign in it. Uh, there are skirmishes you can play uh, with random levels. Uh, when you finish the campaign, you can play it uh, a sort of a remixed dark version of the campaign. Uh, and it does a weird thing that I don't know how I feel about. All this, so a lot of the like the some of the skirmish maps, the 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 
upcoming chapters in the story campaign and the dark missions, they're locked normally. You have to play the game to unlock them. However, and McMaster, I'm curious what you think about this. If you don't want to unlock those things, you can just go into the option menu, choose unlock features, and then just check the things you want to unlock. That seems a little... And do you have to pay for this? You buy the game. It's not a free-to-play game. You do not pay. Oh, I see what you're saying, McMaster. Wow. No, you do not. It is not asking you to micro-pay. <clears throat> okay, well, then, uh, I mean, I, I still wouldn't be a huge fan of that, but um, because if it's there, I'm going to do it. Probably. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I, yeah, it's like, why am I doing these missions when I can just go over here? Like, I have to keep myself from going in there. And yeah. uh, I'm like you. I don't want that. But then what about all the casual players, McMaster, that just want to jump ahead to the stuff? Shouldn't they be able to do that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, now that's more a philosophical argument. Um, <laughs> do they deserve it? No, because they haven't earned it. Noobs. <laughs> I, you know, I do like, it's like that whole setting where when the game asks you, hey, do you want a casual experience or do you want a challenging experience? Like, in theory, I really like when a game, especially one as cool as Euphoria, I really like when a game supports that kind of option, but I, I, don't, I don't personally want access. I want to be able to close that stuff off for me. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, in Euphoria HD, that's always, I can just, options, unlock features, check, check, check. Now I can see everything whenever I want. You know, it's like having a PC, like playing things on a PC with cheat codes. McMaster, can't you go into your Borderlands 2 file.xml whatever file and then edit up your level to, to max level in all skill points? Can't you do that in Borderlands? Um... You probably can. I haven't really thought. Well, why about don't it. you? You should do that, McMaster. Why play the game? Just go ahead and do that on the PC. Go ahead. Because it, that takes a lot of work. No, you just—it's a text editor. I haven't used a hex editor in a really long time. I don't even think that works anymore. I don't think you can just open up a file and go, "Hey, uh, let me change some of these zero X's to whatever." Uh, some folks on the forum in our thread for Torchlight 2 were talking about how when you're playing Torchlight 2, you can hit, I presume it's the tilde key, and bring down the console and just type in a respec potion or something like that. And it spawns a potion which lets you completely respec your skills. You know, you don't, you don't have to boot, like normally to use a console that way, you have to boot up the game with a command line, or there's a, there's a minor technical obstacle. I don't think there's any such obstacle in Torchlight 2. But what it does, and you're right, McMaster, that does suck. I hear that, and I'm like, well, geez, if I don't like my skills, I'm totally going to use that potion. But here's what I like, McMaster. Torchlight 2 has a disincentive to do that. And I wish you, Floria, had that. Uh, the disincentive, then, is that your character forever and always, from that moment on, will have a big old red exclamation point next to his name to show that you have cheated. Oh, uh, nice. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, uh, what's the, uh, scar it's like a scarlet letter. It's the scarlet <laughs> exclamation point that your character wears on his or her breast from then on. Uh, so you know what? Yeah, let people cheat at games if you want, but then make them wear a badge of shame. There you go. Well, that's like a, a, like a few months ago. There was an article about I read. I can't even remember where about games that um, that let you play if they were hacked, but put uh, put things to block your enjoyment of the game in it. Um, one of which was the Batman Arkham Asylum. 
if you used a hacked copy of Batman Arkham Asylum, you could play the game fine, but you could never uh, glide. You would just <laughs> instantly fall. Yeah, so that's that's been uh, an anti-piracy measure that some games have taken, uh, which is a little different than using. I mean, I guess it would trigger if you used if you wanted to, to hack your game to where you could make Batman invincible or, or whatever. I don't know if you would trigger that stuff, but I remember that's an anti-piracy measure right. that that some companies used. Arma, uh, that game. What does Arma even stand for? Armed Assault. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, but that game would do a, a thing like if you were using a pirated copy, your accuracy would degrade as you shot bullets, I think. And you might not know this. You might just think you suck at the game. Uh, and I think there was, I want to say yeah. it was an Ubisoft game. or Syria, The new Serious Sam. They do something like that? Yeah, they made this one enemy that's almost invulnerable, I believe, to everything and just kicks the hell out of you at a certain point. Uh, there was a game called Warlords Battle Cry 2, 3, maybe it was 3, that was available on, I want to say Impulse. Uh, and this was an old RTS, a really good one, from uh, SSG, which is an Australian developer. Uh, and it was made available on Impulse, which was posting kind of like good old games. It, they were selling older titles. But somewhere along the line, they tripped a similar anti-piracy measure where uh i forgot specifically what it was but where every it seemed like every chest you opened you know this this rts had an rpg element you would get treasure every chest you opened had only like a a crappy ring in it that would give you like plus one but it it was something where people thought it was like buggy or their game was broken and it turned out that impulse inadvertently triggered some anti-piracy measure it eventually got fixed, but uh, yeah, that that can be that can be tricky. I love when people who pirate games get tripped up like that. Uh, but more importantly, you know what? I, you know, I feel if you want to play a game, if you want to, if you want to sort of circumvent the gameplay and and just hack it and play how you want, I'm all for that. But in this day and age where uh, we we use games and we play games and there's this bragging rights element. Like, for instance, McMaster, you and I have a great time going back and forth with our achievement points in, like, Diablo or Guild Wars 2. Uh, sure. And, and I like knowing that we're friends, so I don't, you know, I, that doesn't matter. But I, I would like knowing, when I look at somebody else's achievement points, whether or not they've cheated on that. You know, whether or not they've sure. hacked their... So when I play Torchlight 2 and I see that red exclamation point next to somebody's name, even if they've done something as innocent as respect the game, they've basically subverted the way the developer wanted them to play, and that's cool, but I want to know about that. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I think that's, a, that's a pretty cool system. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, speaking of Guild Wars 2, <laughs> how are you doing? You hit the level cap, so you're done with it, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. So no, you, you you beat the game, McMaster. You beat Guild Wars two. <clears throat> I have not done all the personal stories yet, so I have to do those to consider myself having beaten. Now that will take ooh, eight characters, right? For eight classes, or just five for five races? Yeah. Do you yeah. know? I don't. I don't actually know. I think. Okay. I think that you have different little avenues you can take, but I think a lot of the stories are, are just based on the race. So my first character, uh, you know, I've got a couple of alts now. Uh, I would play the 
the story missions work similarly to Star Wars Old Republic, if folks mm-hmm. have played that, where you jump into the game, you're doing, you know, in another MMO, you do quests. That's not really how Guild Wars works, but you're playing and you're earning levels, and you've constantly got an option to go do your character's story mission. And in fact, that is the only thing in what would otherwise be a quest log, is you've oh, always got the option. It's always telling you, hey, when you're ready to do your story mission, go here. This is the recommended level. Uh, but go there when you like. And that's the only information you've got. That's Otherwise, you just sort of run around and explore and have a great time in Guild Wars 2. Uh, so when I first played, when I played my main character, I was constantly, when I hit that required level for the storyline, I would run over there and immediately do it. Because I was thinking that's what the game wanted me to do. And there was a lot of back and forth there. So I'd be playing and enjoying stuff, and I'd be like, oh, I can do my story mission, let me run back and do that. And it had this very sort of desultory, staccato feel to it. what I've done with my alts, and I infinitely prefer it this way, is I get about ten levels, and then I go back and tear through about five or six story missions all yeah. at once. And it feels much better, because it, it, it chains together longer, it does adjust your level, your base stats, uh, to the level of the area you're playing. Uh, so it doesn't, it's not like Secret World or something, it's not like where you've out-leveled the store, or Borderlands, where you've out-leveled the story missions and they're not going to be rewarding or challenging. That's still there. Uh, but I like how it strings those missions together and I get a more cohesive sense of what's going on and what the story is. Uh, no, yeah, I, uh, I agree. And some of the missions later on get a lot tougher. Yeah. So if, if you rush to like do them immediately, uh, you may not have all the skills unlocked that you need to handle them. Uh, there, there is an, there's no, there may be a little shame in hacking your character in Torchlight 2, but there is no shame in waiting until you've got a few levels on a story mission in Guild Wars 2. Yeah, because they're really long a lot of the time, and yeah. uh, and some of them are super difficult. And you know what I love, McMaster? When you and I were playing Secret World, we would constantly be uh, grouping and playing through some story missions or something, and we'd get to an instanced area, and we would have to play it separately, and it would be awful because maybe you were lower level than me. I've been playing with a friend of mine doing his story missions, and I can go in and join him. It's great. Yeah. It's like, hey, every, the more the mer- everywhere in Guild Wars 2, it's the more the merrier. <laughs> it's like, hey, jump in. Do your buddy's story mission. We don't care. Come on in. Door's open. Uh, yeah, no, that's really cool. I like that a lot. And I like a lot of the stuff they do with that kind of thing. Uh, the dungeons are working pretty well now, so it's, uh, yeah. Uh, now, what uh, what are you going to do with all your dungeon tokens? Do you have your eye on anything, Master? Yeah, I'm trying to decide if I want to try to build a rare or like a you know a legendary pistol or something like that. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Is trying to build a legendary pistol or dagger, maybe short bow. Well, you know what that means. You'll be playing Guild Wars 2 for quite some time. Yes. Yeah, I need to do a lot more uh, runs through Codicus Manor. Actually, I only need to do one more wing of Codicus Manor. Um, you and me both. Let's go. Forget this podcast stuff. Um, Let's go finish Codicus Manor. Which is the I'm, one... Which is the one, So, uh, for folks listening, when you do a dungeon first, you do the story mode. And it just gives you the basic outline for the dungeon. And it, it's not simple. Like, it's a full dungeon, and it can be long and frustrating and difficult boss fights. But once you've done the story mode, it unlocks something called explore mode. Yeah. And you might think in another MMO, explore mode would be, oh, you're just going through the same content, but everything has more hit points, and you get a better reward. Nope. That's not the way Guild Wars is going to do it. Instead, it's, uh, one yeah, of the most impressive features of Guild Wars 2, to me, it, honestly. It, it really is quite a, a bit of work. Explain what happened. So, McMaster, I've already done Codicus Manor in story mode. What am I going to find when I do it in explore mode? 
When you come back in Explorer mode, there will be a different set of characters there. And once you go in and speak to them, and this this is pretty much how it works for all of the Explorer modes. Once you go in and speak to them, they're going to give you an option of three different wings of a quest to, to tackle. And each one, in Codicus Manor, uh, each st- quest is about 45 minutes to an hour 15. Um, so you can go through and do one wing, and you'll go through parts of the dungeon, of course, that you've seen before. But there will be doors open to large areas that you haven't seen before. Uh, this happens in, uh, in, for instance, Codicus Manor. We did one where we were looking for a butler, and we did another one. I, I can't remember exactly what the, the point was. People were disappearing, I believe. And, um, and while they lead to similar areas, they take you through a lot of different ways and a lot of different little checkpoints and stuff, and it shows off more of a larger area of the game, and they're completely different and varied from the others. One of the constantly amazing things about Guild Wars 2 is just the sheer amount of content. And not just like, okay, now you're going to fight a blue version of the monster that was red two levels ago. New areas, new types of creatures, new scripting, and... And you might look at Guild Wars 2 and think it's got, oh, eight, what is it eight dungeons, McMaster? Do you know what the yes. total is? You might look yes. at it and think, okay, eight dungeons. You're wrong. Eight dungeons, each of which has four, four. distinct ways to play. So by my math, that is 47 different 90. dungeons. 97, excuse me, thank Na- you. 97, yeah. <laughs> I screwed up my mind. 97 <laughs> different dungeons for all intents and purposes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and that's what's so great about it. I've played through, I am still missing two dungeons. One because uh, you were a sissy and logged off, um, and another one uh, that is just a higher level one. It's, oh, the Crucible of Eternity. Uh, (laughs) Crucible of Eternity. Or something like like that. That that, that might be right, but it sounds like the, the subtitle of a Castlevania game. It sounds like something that uh, Superman would fight for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the one that uh, you and I are going to do next, uh, the level 71 is a, a fire-based one that looks really yes, neat. Yes, uh, it Chamber of Embers or Ember something or other. Or, something, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just I, got the email for it, McMaster, because as you know, in in the world of Guild Wars 2, there's a, there's a robust email system. Yes. Uh, my character was emailed, just hit level 70, and when you hit... The the level requirement for a dungeon, you get an email telling you about the dungeon and basically putting it on your little Google Maps for your for your character. Right, <laughs> which is super helpful if you're yes. trying to find a dungeon in that game because like it does not show you anything that you haven't been near enough to have a name shown on a map for. So you, you're kind of going through like a impressionist painting of a map until you go through it. Um, and yeah, no, it's the Citadel of Flame. I think that's what it was. Citadel of Flame is the seventy one. What do you um, see? The what? A flame? The Citadel? Citadel Flame, that sounds right, yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but I did the level 76 one, which I think is actually one of my favorites uh, at this point, which is the Kodan one, or Kodan, or however you say it. The, uh, the you can just call it the, yeah, the Polar Bear one. Yeah. The Polar Bear one's really neat. Uh, and it's up in, uh, you're what, level 70 now? Correct, yes. Okay, so there's there's a zone that you can go to now called Frost Forge or Frost Gorge or something like that, and it's in the north, and there's a huge dragon attack event up there that takes, God, it takes forever to do that event. Um, and, and there's always like 40 to 100 people 
like all trying to fight this dragon. Um, but up there is where the uh, the polar bear dude's dungeon is, and uh, it's level seventy six. Mm-hmm. I so you, give you me need a week to get or so. to it. Well, actually, so uh, just to pimp this briefly, uh, I am now starting a weekly column on GameSpy about uh, Guild Wars 2. So uh, part, this does a couple of things. It, it gives me a, a, a job, which is nice. Uh, so that, that's one thing it does. But another thing it does is I, I really want to keep playing Guild Wars 2, but I find that I do this weird thing where when I finish the review for something, it becomes difficult for me to justify continuing playing it. I still want to, and I'll still dink around at, at something, and especially where my friends are playing, which is the case with Guild Wars 2. I've got plenty of folks I know who are playing, and we've got a, an active guild. But because I'm doing this weekly column for GameSpy for at least the next month, we'll see how it goes after that, That's I, I can guarantee that I will still be playing Guild Wars for at least another full month, which I just couldn't be more tickled about that. So yeah, no, that's that's actually very good. Yeah, this is a this is a game that like really captures you because there's there's so many different levels to it. And and you know what? It I'm perfectly comfortable with the subscription fee every month. Oh wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I, I must admit I've bought some gems because I. Do oh, McMaster, you gave in. Oh, sure. What did you? All right, what did you buy? Uh, I bought gems so that I could expand my bank. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, that's what's getting me is I look uh, at that little bank and I'm trying to store stuff in there and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm biting my knuckle. I'm like, oh, do I go ahead? And- I have four of those thirty slot things now, so take it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I could I could earn that. Here's I love the money sink in it too. By the way, like I love the fact yeah. that my main character, level seventy. He has no money because <laughs> I'm spending it on stuff that I want to buy. I don't have to like save it up for my mount or something. Uh, well, yeah, and it's it's funny too because I bought uh, I bought a bunch of gems and I was uh, mm-hmm. and I gave half of them to Sarah. Of course, you kind of get burned on the uh, on the the conversion rate. But uh, I turned uh, several uh, gems into about five and a half gold. And sent it to her, and she got about fifteen hundred gems for that. Where it was originally oh. like two thousand gems. Wait a minute. So, so wait, why didn't she? Did, you guys are married. Why didn't she just? Why didn't you just like slip her some money from your wallet to buy her own gems? I just wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I bought like it. Well, the the bit the higher money amount you buy, the more gems you get. I see. So, like, I was seeing, like, hey, maybe if I buy the higher amount, then that'll give us both more gems overall than paying separate. You know, I see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they, yeah, they get you there. However, it is pretty cool that you can send those things back and forth one way or another. And what did she buy? I believe she bought a bank slot or two, and a, I think she bought two bank slots and is saving up a few more gems to get a backpack slot. What about what about why aren't you guys uh, collecting the mini pets? A pack of three of them, two uncommons and a rare for three hundred gems. What's the matter with you? Oh, I could do that actually, but I don't. <laughs> want to, I bet you would do it, McMaster, if they could, if they could fight each other. I bet I would do it if there were. Well, there is an achievement for it, so I probably will end up doing it. Um, but I just I got to take it one part at a time. Uh, well, McMaster, I got to say that's the only reason because I I do have some gems as well, and the only reason I haven't spent them <laughs> on a bank slot is because I'm torn. Between whether to do that or to buy a pack of, of those mini pets. And I, I don't I, – I think I'm well, going to – I don't know. I know exactly why you should buy the bank slot. Ever since they made the change for cooking and yeah. all crafting discoveries, being able to come out of your bank or your collection, there's no reason not to want bank slots because, good God, 
is it impossible to carry enough ingredients around to experiment? Especially as a cook, where a lot yes. of the ingredients form new ingredients, uh-huh. like, like building modular building blocks for the higher level recipes that you can't keep in that special collectible storage that takes up valuable bank storage. So you know what, McMaster, I, I think you've sold me on bank slots, and, and the mini pets can wait. That and the fact that I'm so obsessive about things that I like, I keep all of my dumb transmogrific, whatever your transmorph <laughs> potions. Uh, in the bank instead of just throwing them away or using them. I, I have no idea. It's not like there's ever going to come a time where they're like, hey, we need you to look like the muletariat. You know, <laughs> why don't you put on an outfit? Uh, there's no, That's never going to happen. Uh, whenever I get those, it tends to be when I'm like back in town and I've got a key that I use because I, I keep. Yeah. Uh, you find them in what are called black lion chests, and black lion chests you can only open when you either micro buy or not micro buy. You can buy them with in-game money. You can buy them with gems, like many other things in the game. You you buy these keys, and occasionally you'll find a key, and in some of the black lion chests is another key, so sometimes you'll get to open a sequence of them. So the only time, and and one of the things you'll find in there are these potions that just make you visually look like something else for a while. It doesn't change your stats. I think if you get into combat, you pop out of it. Uh, yeah, you cannot do anything right. in mode. Yeah, there's only like one key, and that key is take, you know. Well, I think what, what, what you can do, and what I end up doing, is you can craft. When you're in town doing non-combat stuff, when I, when I craft, I tend to look like a little pig or a skelk or a grawl or a dredge or something because then I take a sip of my potion and I'm just some weird little creature in town doing crafting. So, yeah, that's not a bad idea. There you go. Um, all right, so uh, for, for once again, we have not resisted talking about Guild Wars 2. I, I, predict, I predict that the rest of 2012 might sound a little like that. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, there's what we got: Resident Evil Six, XCOM, mm. yeah. um, Dishonored, Dishonored, Dishonored. Yeah, yeah, Dishonored looks really good. Um, but we can always make time for Guild Wars Two. Oh yes, of course, naturally. I mean, and it's funny too because it's Guild Wars Two, Torchlight Two, and Borderlands Two, all long games. And long games and the same basic, distinct enough, but that same basic action RPG, collect loot, level up tendency. Uh, right. Yeah. So, McMaster, but, are you uh, are you down for Torchlight 2, or are you going to try to skip that one, or wait, or how, how are you feeling? I, ha- I have it, um, and I, I bought a four-pack, actually, because I knew that Sarah would want it, and I got it for a couple of friends as well. I just haven't spent a lot of time with it yet. Um, it's one of those games, luckily, much like Borderlands or Guild Wars, that you can pretty much do at your own pace. Yeah. It's not, it's not like you're missing out on some huge thing initially. That's why I would still play Titan Quest every now and then. Yes, know? yes. Very good, McMaster. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, on a... I just because I didn't want to sit down and play one of my characters, and I just wanted to briefly play uh, uh, Torchlight Two. I sat down, I rolled up a hardcore character, and I jumped online into an elite level difficulty game, which I had no problem finding. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to last long. I'm just going to die real quickly. This will be like maybe 10 minutes of gaming tops, and, and we'll see how, how well I can do. You know, these three other jokers, they're going to suck. They're probably going to get me killed. They're probably just griefing people, hosting their hardcore game. So I found a game, low-level, hardcore characters, playing Elite. I rolled up a Berserker, didn't really know what I was doing, figured, eh, 10 minutes. Good Lord, what an awesome way to play that game. 
I mean, it's it's just like nerve wracking. I mean, I'm so in love with what hardcore does. I know it's not for everyone. Hardcore being if you die, you're dead permanently. Uh, But I I just I I really like that. And the other players were like invested. And I just found this really good group of people that I was playing with. And I ended up, you know, like playing for an hour. And now I've got a hardcore berserker that I'm really attached to. Uh, I, I just love what that does. Uh, and it also, because, you know, it's hardcore and you can't freely rejigger your skills. I mean, the stakes are just so high when you're playing hardcore, when you're on elite difficulty, when you're in a multiplayer game and there's three other people who can either help you or screw you over. Uh, I just love that you can instantly jump into those kind of stakes with, with Torchlight 2. That uh, is pretty cool. That yeah. That's really cool. All right. All right, so McMaster, next week, uh, let's see, none of these games... What's out next week? Nothing big. We're going to be talking, I imagine, some more Borderlands 2, Torchlight 2, and Guild Wars 2 next week. Uh, wait, wait. Isn't there something coming out? Resident I, I, Evil is, uh, yeah, Resident Evil's next month. Dishonored's next month. Uh, I don't think so. Huh, okay. Mm. Well. Ah, <sighs> well. <laughs> it could be worse. This is an <laughs> awesome problem to have. Yeah, it really is. If there were any more great games coming out next week, it would just be too much. Uh, so there you go. Remember to support us on Amazon.com. Also, I haven't asked this in a while. Uh, you don't have to like us on Facebook because we're not futzing around with Facebook anymore. Forget that. Uh, do rate us on iTunes. We have a PayPal donation button. We would welcome you using that. A few people have used that. Thank you very much. It's also it's always. Uh, appreciated when a little tip comes through the PayPal. Uh, be sure to check out my column on Guild Wars 2 on GameSpy, which should be live the Friday after this uh, podcast drops, which I believe that's Friday the 29th. Uh, and join us here next week for more. Uh, you know, what should we do next week, McMaster? I don't know. Maybe some clog dancing. Yeah. And then what? Oh, well, we can talk about games, I guess. Awesome. So join us for that next week. I'm Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason McMaster. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see everyone in a week. I'll be the same. I was asking you about these guys earlier. Uh, they're a, a duo from New York called uh, Ratatat. Uh, and this was from their second album. Uh, it's a song called Loud Pipes. But one of the things I love about this is you think at any moment, like record scratching is going to start. And you yeah. know what? It never happens. That's a shame. You know, it's the, it kind <laughs> of uh, makes me think of uh, the theme song from Borderlands 2. Like How does that uh, go? Can you hum some of that? Uh, not, not really. Since it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, the it's a, this ain't no uh, place for a hero, isn't that? The, the oh yeah, yeah. The opening for Borderlands Two, yeah, yeah, that in Borderlands One had the really cool musical opening. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Borderlands Two musical. I like the first one as well, but I would just really like what they did with it and musically. It's cool. You know what, Master? That opening seems like it was so long ago because I've been played so much that uh, I only vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, absolutely. <laughs> 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 <laughs>